Hi there. You are listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson. In this episode, Mark shares the keys to holding successful business meetings. How do you make them world-class and meaningful and not a waste of time? Take a listen to the 10 steps and ideas for better meetings. Over to you, Mark. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's designed to help you take your business to the next level, give you an opportunity to think about your business, not just do it. I'm very excited about 2019 because we're going to take the podcast, Remodeling Mastery, to a new level. This podcast is supported by Professional Remodeler as well as NARI, the National Association of Modeling Industry. And what we're going to be doing is I'll continue with a theme or some sort of topic that I think is really important, relevant, but we're going to add a couple of elements. We're going to bring in Erica Taylor and Tony Mancini from Professional Remodeler, as well as Kermit Baker from Harvard University, and really give a pulse of kind of what's happening out there, what's happening in terms of the pulse of the environment, but also what's happening in terms of opportunities and events that are upcoming that you want to consider. But then a really meaty part of Remodeling Mastery in 2019 is going to be a deep dive interview. It's going to be an interview of remodeling thought leaders. It's going to be an interview of people out there that are having major influences in terms of the remodeling industry as well as companies like Google and Amazon and others and really kind of try to crack the code of what they're thinking about and what they're up to. So I'm excited about you being part of this. I strongly encourage that you subscribe, not just listen. Subscribing is a very easy process, but most importantly, the topics and the, the podcast will automatically come to your app. And when it comes to your app, as you're, as you're driving around through job sites or going to meetings or just going out sort of on a leisurely drive, they'll automatically be there so you'll be able to pick and choose the particular topics and themes that interest you so your car becomes kind of like a little mobile university. Today I want to talk about a topic that certainly is relevant any time of the year, but I'm finding that because of the stress that we're all experiencing, because of being time-starved, because of literally we're trying to squeeze more and more time Uh, in terms of activities and events in a shorter amount of time that's available for their completion is the whole subject of meetings. And I want to talk about and kind of the theme of how to have world-class meetings. You know, to give you a little bit of background on this subject for myself, about 25 years ago, I was actually on a little skiing trip and driving to the skiing trip with my friend Pete Miller, who is the founder of the Remodeling Show and as well as Remodeling Magazine. Uh, we were talking in the car about just kind of what we were experiencing in our day-to-day lives in terms of our business. And I, ne- I never forget, as I was talking about this, I was kind of describing all the different meetings I have to go to, I'm in as leading a large remodeling organization. And it clearly had an edge about it that I was kind of whining and complaining, I think, more than anything about all these meetings, and it was so stressful. And I think I made a comment, you know, I was just not having a lot of time to get things done. So Peter said to me at the time something that I'll never forget. 
And that is, Mark, as a leader of the company, meetings are your job. And when he said that, it was like a light bulb or a little mini revelation is I realized that my job was no longer about the sticks and bricks and building things. My job was no longer about necessarily closing a deal. That if I wanted to really grow and build a company and an organization and a a business, I need to change the paradigm and realize that meetings really were a key element for me to be able to accomplish that and certainly scale and improve the business. So as you think about this subject yourself, have that theme resonate for you. Meetings are your job. And just like with anything else that's your job, I think it forces you to get better at it. It forces you to become more masterful and certainly making it more of a priority. So I'm going to try to unpack this subject a little bit today. I'm going to talk about some of the keys to success. I'm going to talk about some ideas, some of the whys behind it, and just some of the experiences that I had. I've also written quite a bit about this subject, so I encourage you to go to Professional Remodeler Magazine and actually search the subject of meetings and certainly my name, and I think you'll come out and see that there are some things, and I encourage you to pass this particular podcast along. So why do you do meetings? I'm a big believer, just like in terms of why do the business and why clients should buy from you, the more that you understand, I think, the why question, the more likely you're going to end up thinking about and structuring a meeting more effectively. So the first is to communicate. The reality is we're all moving so fast and furious, we need to communicate. That's part of what human beings do is communicate to each other. And as you think about kind of meetings, the meeting is a very effective and should be an efficient way to communicate. The second is alignment. One of the things I see with organizations and teams, especially leadership or sales or production teams, is really a lack of really effective alignment. If you think about alignment, it's sort of like rowing a boat. If you have different people in the boat, which most businesses are, in fact, teams, you got to row the boat in sync, the right cadence, and row it in the right direction together. Well, a meeting is a great way to create kind of that level of alignment. Whether individuals in the meeting agree or disagree, they at least can agree to what the direction, what the goal, what the vision, what the priorities are, so that you can create alignment. And then the third element, I think, that's a really opportunity, especially for leaders in meetings, it's a real opportunity to motivate and inspire. You know, I think how you go about communicating in a meeting and all the things that I'm going to give you in terms of some tips really do make a difference in terms of motivating and and inspiring. And the reality is you cannot have, I think, a lot of naysayers or a lot of negativity in your company, and that will really pull you down and not be necessarily positive. So again, just to summarize, communicate alignment and motivate and inspire. Now, you can actually look at these three things as almost like boxes to check off. And as you go into the meeting, you can ask yourself, whatever the meeting is, you know, is it really accomplishing these, these key kind of things? 
You know, I was watching a, a uh, interview a while back with a very successful speaker and author, and he was talking about speaking, and he was talking about, in particular, three key elements to a great talk or a great speech. And I, I bring these up because I've used these three kind of elements as, again, criteria for a great meeting. The first is levity. The second is brevity. And the third is relevance. So let me start with the first, levity. The reality is that you need to have, I think, a meeting that has a certain level of personality, a certain level of lightness about it, a certain level of humanness about the meeting itself if you want it to be effective and you want ultimately things to stick. You know, one of the things I oftentimes encourage people to think about when it comes to great meetings, meetings are like a splash, but what about the ripples? The ripples are going to come from the stickiness of the meeting and having a little bit more memorable, a little bit more levity to it, I think is really critical. Brevity is the length or the cadence of the meeting itself. Brevity is really important because what I see with meetings, meetings are oftentimes either too short or they're too long. And you need to find, I think as a leader, what's the right length of time of this meeting? I was actually on a conference call with a group of sales leaders, and we were talking about one-on-one meetings. And I was asking them, what's the right length of time for a one-on-one meeting? And what they actually shared with me was quite a bit shorter than what I thought, because the reality is that meeting, being as short as they made those one-on-one meetings with their individual salespeople, really created, I don't think, really accomplished all the goals or all the richness that that one-on-one meeting. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as we go on. The third element is relevance. Now, relevance is really about about making it relevant about today, about this week, about this month. Relevant in terms of our goals this quarter. Relevant in terms of the environment that's out there. Relevant in terms of the mood of the team and the overall disposition. Making it relevant, I think, is really important. Matter of fact, I had a conversation with Erica Taylor the other day with Professional Remodeler, and we were talking a little bit about the subject of editorial calendars. Now, magazines oftentimes, they have editorial calendars that they look out for the whole year of what the different magazines, what the different themes, how to structure it. Well, in my opinion, one of the challenges with that is are you able to really keep it as real-time and relevant? The nice thing about becoming masterful at meetings is that you can make the meetings really, really relevant to what's happening in terms of your business, in terms of the environment, and in terms of the overall mood of the team. So again, just to repeat, you need to have levity, you need to have brevity, and you need to have relevance. Now, As you're thinking about kind of the structure of these meetings and think about, okay, what happens with these meetings and how uh, how often do meetings take, you know, sit down and draw out kind of a little chart for yourself for the whole year. You have an annual meeting, and an annual meeting has a look and a feel to it that's really quite unique. You know, I really oftentimes like to really have a nice big splash of an annual meeting for any company out there. I think it's a good way to get kind of the season, so to speak, really launched out. 
Then you have quarterly meetings, and then you have monthly meetings, and then you have weekly meetings, and then potentially you'd have daily meetings as well. And I'm going to talk about some of the different structure. Now, for some of you listening to this, you're already feeling a little bit overwhelmed, but the reality is you do these kind of things, thinking short, medium, and long-term in the day-to-day parts of your life all the time. So again, going back to kind of this this notion of uh, the the length of meetings and the structure of meetings throughout the course of the year. Try to think of like the meetings or try to think of the year almost like a football game. You know, at a football game, the head coach is going to come in with all the players within the team, and he's going to have a big meeting. He's going to have a big meeting, and he's going to outline particular things about that particular game, about the environment. He's going to talk about who's injured, who's not injured. He's going to talk about, he's going to really talk about that whole. And, and out of that, there's going to be a game plan. There's going to be a business plan, so to speak, for, for, the, for the game. Now, he's going to go into the game, and he's going to probably, you know, execute or at least attempt to execute. Now, after the first quarter, there's going to be a score. You're either going to be ahead or behind. And then after the first quarter, you're going to maybe adjust. You're not going to necessarily abandon your overall game plan and all the research that you've done, but you're going to adjust. Then you're going to get to halftime, and you're going to literally go in. And halftime, more than ever, is not necessarily just for players to rest. Halftime is to regroup. Halftime in business is to reassess where, where do we stand, what do we need to do to accomplish the goals for the overall year, and what do we need to adjust what that plan is. And you come out of that locker room, you come out of that, that halftime, so to speak, with kind of a revised business plan in terms of how you're going to accomplish you then kick it into gear, and then you get into the third quarter. And again, there's a score at the end of the third quarter. And if you're close, okay, you're going to continue to exercise uh, what you had to do or what you had to plan in place. Or if you're behind, you're going to necessarily going to uh, maybe change that strategy. But you've already figured that out. Then you get down to the final leg. You get down to the two-minute warning. You get down to that last few minutes in the fourth quarter. And now it's time to go deep. Just like in a race, it's time to go deep. And when you go deep, you really go and you run as fast as you can, certainly to the finish line. Now, I share that metaphor and the analogy because I think when you think about business, when you think about meetings, the meetings have to also be in sync with that beginning of the game meeting, that locker room discussion, and and you need to have the structure of your meetings and the structure throughout the year in a very similar way. So what I want to do is take what I call kind of 10, 10 tips and ideas of the meetings that I would encourage everybody to, you know, pass this along to some of your managers so that they can give you feedback or even make the subject of meetings and how to have world-class meetings part of your meeting itself. I think just by discussing the topic, you're going to have everybody, I think, take their game to the next level. So I've jotted down, just based on my own personal experiences, but also watching some of the best of the best out there, I've jotted down a list of 10 
10 tips and ideas that I want to share. And again, before I get into these tips, I want to again thank my friends certainly at Surefire for producing this and I encourage you, you know, just like we're talking about the subject of meetings, you know, taking away the mystery of digital marketing and talking to folks that really can kind of crack the code for you there is really a smart thing to do. So number one in terms of my tips and ideas, the first I think tip and idea is to ask them what they want out of a meeting. Just by going around and asking them what they want out of a meeting, or you might even ask them, based on our present meetings, what's one word, jot down one word that describes our leadership meeting? What's one word that describes our production meetings? What's one word that describes our sales meetings? And by asking that question, if you have an honest dialogue within the group, they're going to give you a sense of how they're feeling about the existing meetings. You might even try to ask them how to score the meetings. You know, give ourselves over the course of the the last year, 10 being the highest in terms of these are world-class meetings and one being the lowest. You know, give ourselves a score and then discuss why Jim, for example, scored the meetings a seven and why Mary scored the meetings a four. By just discussing the topic of meetings, you're going to get better and more aligned in the future at meetings. I'm a big believer, number two, in what I call the why, what, how, where, and when kind of questions for yourself. If you ask those five questions, you're going to ultimately end up, I think, with a better meeting. So let's just unpack each one of those questions for a minute. The first is why. You know, why am I doing this meeting? If you don't know why you're doing the meeting, then then quite frankly, don't expect the people in the meeting to know why. Jot down a few reasons why you're doing the meeting. Just like I said, why in terms of the purpose, communication, alignment, and motivation – If you have those three whys written down, you can use those as a filter of the meeting itself. You know, what do I want to try to accomplish in this meeting? The what question. What is in terms of maybe the goals or initiatives or things that you want to try to launch? How do we want to try to communicate it? Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this, but the how you go about doing a meeting is just as important as the why and the what if you want it to be successful. And I'm going to talk more about that. Where? Where do you want the meeting itself? You know, I think the context and environment of a meeting is really important. And then when do you want that? Not only when in terms of the time of the day, but when in terms of the time of the month. You know, I see, for example, sales meetings and leadership meetings at different times of the week and different times of the month. Thinking about when you do the meeting, where you do the meeting, how this meeting is actually conducted and what it feels like in the environment. What is it I want to try to accomplish and why am I doing this meeting in the first place? By asking those five questions, I think you're going to end up with a better meeting. Number three tip and idea, and that is make, try to make the meetings visual. Now, visual doesn't mean necessarily a heavy-duty PowerPoint presentation. Visual means visual. You might bring in props. You might have a whiteboard. You might have, for example, flip charts. You might have a skit or a play in a meeting or something. But the more that you can make the meeting itself visual, the more effective it's going to be. I read many years ago 
there's something that really hit a chord to me, and that is 80% of the people understand things better visually than they do just through words and language. So if you can figure out a creative way to communicate and have a discussion about something that is visual and using metaphors and analogies, you're going to be more successful. The fourth one is have an agenda and have a little bit of preparation. As I said, meetings are your job, and it's just like your other vocations of what you do in terms of remodeling and design activities. It's your job. So have an agenda. I'm a big believer that send this agenda out. It doesn't mean you have to be controlled by the agenda, but send the agenda out so the team has it in advance and they can actually think about it. What I find when I lead and facilitate meetings in groups is people process things at different kind of rates. Some people think on their feet very well. Other people need time to deliberate. They're both very valuable thinkers, but how they go about thinking. So if you send out an agenda and give them two or three questions to think about before the meeting, the likelihood that everybody can kind of get in sync and be a little bit more prepared is better. Number five is leverage technologies. Now, there's a lot of different kinds of meetings out there. I go back to communication, alignment, and motivating. There's a lot of different technologies when it comes to meetings. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the ideas. But you can actually use different technologies in the meeting itself. But also think about meetings a little bit differently in terms of how I go about communicating. You know, a friend of mine, for example, actually uses more videos when he's using in in meetings as means to communicate. You can actually use, I think, certainly more video conferencing today in communicating and bringing more people in. But try to make it not necessarily high tech, but also, you know, keep it kind of in the wave when it comes to meetings and technology. My number six tip an idea is what I call, and I certainly have talked about, I've written about this in Professional Remodeler as well as within Remodeling Mastery Podcast, is the power of three. I always go into meetings, I always go into projects, but meetings especially, thinking about the power of three. What are the three goals in this meeting? If you articulate those three goals and you let the people in the meeting know what these three goals, if you just have one goal, quite frankly, it may not have the richness. If you have seven goals, you're overwhelming. Three is the magic number. What are the three key goals in this meeting? What are the three key topics that we want to try to cover in this meeting? You know, what are three items that we're going to address? You might ask three questions for them to be prepared. Try to use the power of three when it comes to the whole meeting ideas and meeting structures, and you're going to be more effective. Number seven is uh, make the meetings interactive. Now, I certainly have learned this the hard way, and I've had different people tell me, you know, Mark, the meetings that you do are great. However, the more interactive you can make them, the better. And that's really, I think, become true in that I think the more that you see yourself leading the meeting as more of a moderator and a facilitator, at the end of the day, it's about communication alignment and it's about motivation. It's not necessarily about you getting a score on how well you did a speech for the group. So I think the more interactive you can make meetings, the better. 
I know one particular group that I work with, they start every meeting in a very interesting way. And this has become kind of part of their custom. They ask everyone in the group to share something that week or that month that was positive, both professionally or personally. They call it their positivity. And they literally go around the room of the seven or eight people in the room and they share one thing personally positive in their life and one thing professionally positive. Now, the reason I like it and kind of put it in the interactive category, I think what it moves each individual in the meeting to is a place of being part of the meeting, not being in the stands watching the meeting. By forcing themselves to share, I think it really helps to kind of prime the pump in terms of their... The second thing it does is it creates, I think, a level of positivity in the meeting and not necessarily the meeting is kind of all about whining and, and complaining about things. The second thing is is that I think that the more that you can ask questions in the meeting and sit back and listen to the answers, try to engage everyone. I remember in many of the meetings that I led, there are certain people, quite frankly, that are like the male dogs in the meeting that are very loud. And there's certain people that are very quiet. But what's interesting is if you can engage those quiet people, you can not only, I think, get them to open up a little bit more effectively, but more times than not, they have some really important things to share that really changes dramatically the outcome of a really good meeting. So by thinking about that subject for a minute, if you actually get the pump primed when it comes to some of those feelings, listen to those, as my friend Scott Mosby talks about, listen to those dissident voices. The number eight tip is meetings can come in a lot of different ways. A quick story I was finding as we were growing and growing our company many, many years ago, we actually found that I, as the leader and the president of the company, was not as connected to everyone as I thought I would like to be. So I happened to be exercising one day, and I was watching a television uh, news, and they had sports in a minute. And sports in a minute, what I find fascinating about it was that they could tell you everything that was going on in terms of the sports in the world in one minute. So I came back and we actually met and we talked about how can we do that in a minute. And at the time, there was kind of early levels of technology 20 years ago that really allowed us to do a little recording once a week for one minute focusing on three things. Number one, communicating, kind of just updating people on things. Number two, a really attaboy. And then number three, something that was a little bit more motivating, a little bit more inspiring. So we weave that in, and I did a once a week audio in a minute. Now, my friend just recently, Aaron Al, or Aaron, uh, uh, pick with Alan, the CEO of Alan, shared with me. He does something similar right now, but he does it with a video once a week. So it's Alan in a minute, but it's a video once a week that goes out via text to all the different team members to watch what's going on. The reason I share this is that it literally can only take 10 or 15 minutes to create it. You can blast it out to everybody. In a way, it's like a little mini meeting that you're having with every one of your team members. So that's number eight. Number nine is think about the right length of how long meetings should be. 
One of the biggest mistakes that I see out there are meetings are too long or too short. If you can predetermine how long a meeting should be, not be controlled by that particular agenda, but predetermine how long it should be, and then find that right cadence and the right pace of the meeting, I think you're going to be more successful. For example, in my opinion, a one-on-one meeting that you might have needs to be probably about 45 minutes or an hour. Now, for some of you, that seems like a long time. But if you really think about it, you want about half of that meeting to be focused on the stuff and the other half to be focused on that person that you're one-on-one coaching to take their own game and their development to the next level. And if you're not accomplishing that second half, if you're just focusing on the stuff, then what you're going to do is have individuals be status quo. You know, sales meetings, if it's more of a training kind of meeting, you probably need maybe a 90-minute meeting as opposed to more of a just an update on the numbers and those kind of things, maybe more of a 45-minute meeting. You know, leadership meetings, maybe you need about two hours for a really meaty leadership meeting, depending on the scale and the size of the company. But you certainly don't need all-day leadership meetings, or leadership meetings may not be good at a one-hour level. My point is not to prescribe how long meetings should be. My point is you should think about the length of meeting. Is it too long? Is it too short? And experiment and adjust. And number 10, and the last of my tips and ideas, is try to add some fun to the meetings. Going back to my levity, brevity, and relevance, if you can have it be a little bit more levity, a little bit more fun to the meeting, I oftentimes like to, when I'm weaving in and doing things in meetings, I like to have some fun by using different analogies and metaphors. For example, I might ask the leadership team, okay, pretend like we're in a football game and we're already through the first quarter. What's the score of the game? Have everybody score the game. Think about football. Think about the score in the game and then have a discussion about that. It's actually fun. Or when we're taking inventory of team members and we're thinking about a whole bunch of the team members out there. And I oftentimes talk about, okay, if you're picking a kickball team, who are the first three players you're going to pick on that team and why? And who's going to be left standing at the end? And what do we need to do to take their game to the next level? You know, I have one friend out there who's a musician that sometimes in meetings he weaves in songs and different kind of lyrics into the meeting just to add a little bit more fun and levity. So the bottom line of this whole kind of uh, monologue and the whole topic that we're talking about, you know, it's really your job to take meetings to the next level. And what I found and what I find in working with many of the best of the best uh, companies out there, those companies that have world-class meetings are oftentimes a real reflection of a very strong and world-class company. Those companies that those meetings are chaotic and they're, they're, they're uh, a little bit out of control oftentimes is a real reflection of the health. So I encourage you to invest some time and energy to take some inventory of what you're presently doing, come up with a game plan, be patient with yourself, and start to develop and take your game to the next level. So I want to again thank my friends at Nary, Professional Remodeler, as well as at Surefire Local, a leading digital marketing group that can certainly help you also take your digital marketing game to the next level for supporting this particular podcast. Take care, everyone. Thank you, Mark. You just listened to episode 111 of Remodeling Mastery. 
I hope you were able to take away some important points that you can integrate into your next business meeting. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to subscribe to Remodeling Mastery to stay up to date on new episodes. Thanks again, and we hope you listen in next time.